Welcome to the Hermitage Museum and Gardens. This is the formerly the home of the Sloan family. While it started out as a five-room vacation home, it expanded to a 42-room museum that opened to the public in 1937. And today you'll have the pleasure of going through the museum with our curator of collections, Colin Brady, and taking a tour and seeing the highlights of what we have at the house. The collection spans 5,000 years of history, and not only is it an ancient collection of Chinese, Japanese, and Indian works, but there are also contemporary pieces that the Sloans collected from their friends. They were patrons of particular artists, such as Douglas Volk, uh, Frischmith, and a few others that I think you'll enjoy seeing today. The house is also something that really intrigues people. It's an arts and crafts structure, but it is decorated in a style that is reminiscent of the Gothic and Tudor periods. Not only is the house beautiful, but we have fantastic gardens, wetlands gardens, 12 acres of just absolute beauty with a commanding view of the Lafayette River. And we have five structures. You are going to get a little sneak peek of what is known as our water tower. We also have a visual arts school with fantastic classes for adults and children. So not only do you experience seeing the art when you're here at the Hermitage, but you have the opportunity to make it as well. This is the Gothic drawing room. The room was designed by Florence Sloan and the master architect of this home, Charles Woodson. However, the room wasn't built here on site. It was actually constructed by another architect, Frank R. Watson, a Philadelphian-based architect who also redid the interior of a church called Christ in St. Luke's in the Norfolk area, which Mrs. Sloan attended. They had the room designed after the interior of a Gothic cathedral, as you can kind of span around and see. Now the room was actually constructed in Philadelphia over a year's period with the team of Belgian woodcarvers. When it was finished, it was broken apart and shipped down to Norfolk to the Norfolk International Terminals, where it was then attached to the house by the Chapman Decorative Company, the same company that built Hershey Mansion in Pennsylvania. The room is white oak, walls and ceilings, and teak on the floors, and it now houses our silver collection. But in the early 1920s, this would have been a social space used for guest entertainment uh, and music. So we have the Steinway piano and a Mueller organ uh, back here as well, all of which were used to host parties. This room is known as the Great Hall. It was the foundation of the original five-room summer cottage that the Sloans began in 1908. It once was the major living room for this home, but is now the house for our Asian collection. This is a portion of our collection of tsubas, which are the sword guards on a katana, as you can see in the back. William Jr., the son of Mrs. Sloan, actually collected these as a young boy. There's a mixture of both iron as well as something that's called shakudo, a gold metal mix that is 97% copper and 3% gold. The sword in the back case with that nice shiny sheath on it is actually abalone shell and once belonged to Louis Tiffany. The Sloans bought it in the early 1930s. This is a chol of bronze of Shiva as Nataraja, the Lord of Dance. This particular piece dates to the 13th century as one of several chola bronzes that we have in the collection. The Sloan family was adamant about collecting Chinese jade, and the oldest piece in the entire collection is in this case. It is this large rectangular shape. It is a Neolithic jade Kong. It comes from a site in eastern China called Liangzhu. It is nearly 5,000 years old in age, uh, and like I said, is the oldest piece in the collection. The exact function for this piece is not necessarily known. Uh, there is debate over whether it is a libation vessel, uh, jewelry, excuse me, or ornaments, ornamentation, 
uh, or possibly something to hold incense. Uh, the rest of the jade in the case, though, uh, is much more traditional, much newer, and it is between the 18th, 19th, and 20th century. Jade does come in numerous colors, so it's not limited to the spinach green that you see in this back case with the cranes. And rather, the most popular jade at the moment is white jade, uh, which is best demonstrated in some of the bowls that you can see running along the bottom of this case. We have two Chinese kingfisher headdresses in the collection. They both date to the 19th century, and they both would have been worn by those who are higher up in the aristocratic society of the late Qing dynasty. We also have coronets as well, the small headbands that hold the hair back, one for an adult and one for a child. This large square piece is actually a 17th century Nepalese votive plaque. The central figure made of lapis represents Krishna, the eighth reincarnation of Vishnu. This piece was done in Nepal using copper and bronze, molded out and then put inserted with semi-precious stones. The two pieces that look like door handles on the bottom are actually a part of a horse's armor set from Western Zhou Dynasty in China. They're about 3,500 years old. The Sloan's also collected numerous bodhisattvas. Uh, some of the pieces that are on the bottom belong to Thailand, Cambodia, Laos. The pieces on the top, Hindu and Buddhist pieces, are from India as well as Japan. We have numerous stone sculptures that have been removed from various regions of China as well as Japan and as well as terracotta pieces. One of the largest collections in our Asian collection are those from the terracotta. We have a large collection of ivory uh, in this museum. However, to give a little bit of personal character, the chopsticks that are located on the bottom of this case were actually used by E.K. during his 21st birthday. Everybody who attended got a pair of ivory chopsticks to eat with and they got to take them home afterwards. The birthday party was also in Paris. Mrs. Sloan began collecting in 1901, and the first piece in the entire collection is this Satsuma bowl, which is a Japanese bowl that was given to her by her sister, Grace Stiles, who had actually traveled to Asia. Mrs. Sloan continued to collect Satsuma wares throughout her life all the way up until her death in 1953. Despite the fact that the Sloans were actually Episcopalians, they were adamant collectors of Russian Orthodox pieces. All the pieces in this case were actually a part of Alexander III's collection, so the Tsar before Tsar Nicholas II. Some interesting pieces in here are icons, as well as the oak lad, which you see right here, which houses the icon piece. This is the little library. It once held numerous books in the Sloan collection, which they actually loaned out to the public. Uh, it's now home, again, for more of our Asian collection. This is also a transition in the style of architecture in the house. The original home was arts and crafts in style, however, this room switches to the half-timbered Tudor look. This is the Sloan's master bedroom. This is actually one of the original five rooms on the home as well, and was pulled off of the house in 1912 to make room for the new additions. It houses some of the furniture in the collection, as well as pieces done by Carl von Reidingsvard, Charles Woodson, and Frank Watson. The room also holds several of the paintings in our collection. This painting is Alice in Wonderland. It's done by an artist named Helen Turner, an American Impressionist who actually lived with Mary Cassatt in France. When she returned to the United States, Mrs. Sloan became quite good friends with her, as we have actually the largest collection of Helen Turners in the U.S. in this museum. The piece that we're looking at now is called The Shaming of Jane Shore. She's actually the mistress of Edward IV, who reigned in the 15th century. The painting is done, though, by Stephen Reed, a good friend of Mrs. Sloan, who she met while she had an apartment in London. Stephen Reed never came to the Hermitage and never came to the Norfolk region, but his art is present in this museum as well as in different areas of Norfolk. This is the morning room. This is actually where the Sloan family would have breakfast every day in this breakfast nook. 
Flemish tapestries that are on the back wall are 16th century, and the linen fold carving that goes all around this room was done by the master architect and master woodcarver, Charles Woodson. We're standing in Mrs. Sloan's dressing room. It's the only room in the house that actually has a 1920s feel to it. One thing we still have in the collection are a large majority of Mrs. Sloan's dresses, some of which are currently still on display. The woman in this photograph is actually William Jr.'s wife. She's the cotton queen of Waco, Texas in this photo. This young girl you see is the only granddaughter of William and Florence Sloan. Her name is Patricia, and she actually still lives today in Washington State. We're now in the dining room. This room actually took Charles Woodson three years to carve, the longest out of any of the rooms in this home. The room was actually once situated on the front of the house, which is why we now have these large blank squares. There would have been stained glass window in them at one point. Another nice feature of this room to hide the light switches and not ruin the aesthetics of your dining is to hide the light switches in the walls. The dining room table and chairs were carved by Charles Woodson. The actual tabletop though is an old English floorboard that's been converted into a table. All of the cabinets and buffets in this room are done by Carl von Reidingsvard, another woodcarver who worked on the home primarily on the exterior. However, there are loose bits of furniture in this house, like in this room, that belong to him as well. The painting at the top of the stairwell is Breasting the Wind by Douglas Falk, an American portraitist who is also the primary portraitist for this Sloan family. This painting is based off a scene during Lincoln's run for presidency, which is why he's not bearded at this time. Douglas Falk would pick up a lot of his father's work and continue to do sketches and portraits of Abraham Lincoln, even though it was many years after Lincoln's death. This is the Florence K. Sloan Painting Gallery. It was unveiled in 2010 and holds a portion of our 112 paintings in the collection. Most of the artists in this room were contemporary, contemporaries of Mrs. Sloan's time and showed at the Norfolk Museum of Arts and Science. The painting that we're standing in front of is The Cave of the Storm Nymphs by Sir Edward J. Pointer. This first version of the scene was painted in 1902 and exhibited at the Royal Academy's annual summer exhibition. A larger version painted in 1903 now resides in the private collection of Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. One of the artists Mrs. Sloan befriended was Harriet W. Frischmith. We have a large collection of her works in this museum. She befriended her in the late 1920s and spent many, many, took many trips to her studio in New York City where she also met Helen Turner. With preparation for the 1907 Jamestown exhibition which will be held at Sewell's Point right up the road, the city of Norfolk built a bridge over the Lafayette River, opening up the region we now know as Lock Haven neighborhood. The plan that we see down here is done by the American Boulevard Corporation and was the original design for the layout of this neighborhood. Plot E, which is this large peninsula, is now the Sloan's property. Sloan's actually bought a majority of this land in the region and sold it off through time. We now sit on 12 acres of gardens and grounds. An area that's traditionally not on tour is the water tower. This large empty space that we're standing in right now once held a large steel bulb in it. The Sloans had to scrap the metal though during World War II to help with the war effort and now we're left with this large empty space. There are two rooms attached to this tower though and those are the wood carving studios for Charles Woodson who was on site from 1908 to 1922 working on the home and taking it up and attaching it to the rest of the building. Originally the water tower was on site and was not actually encased in this large structure. Mrs. Sloan 
didn't like the aesthetics of that large steel bulb on her property, so instead she had Charles Woodson design what looks like a lighthouse structure to wrap around the steel bulb. It encased the water tower all the way up until the Second World War where finally it was scrapped, and now we have this large blank space. At the moment there is no plans to turn this into any sort of additional gallery space as the floors and the structure itself need work and repair before we can open it to the public. For more information on the Hermitage, please take the opportunity to visit our website at thehermitagemuseum.org. There you can learn about all of the fantastic events that we have on our site, such as sunset concerts, movies on the lawn, lectures, and fabulous art classes.